You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Good evening, Ohio. James Ernest of the Grueling Truth Radio Network here with Vincent Berry, author of Lance by Chance, wrestling as a Von Eric, all about Lance Vaughn. So, uh, Vince, thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on. So tell us, what inspired you to write the book? Well, I've always... uh always had an interest in in wrestling but I grew up in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area where the world class wrestling was you know just in its heyday where the Von Ericks were you know uh, outstanding wrestlers and, and people uh, you know they were rock stars you know um, but when Lance came in it was always a uh, I guess kind of always curious and always had an interest of like, you know, because he came into Dallas for a year and a half and um, he was pretty much gone, gone just this quick. And so there was a lot of question marks, you know, in my mind about that, you know, like what happened, who, you know, who was he, uh, why did the Von Erichs, uh, you know, why did it end the way that it end? And, um, you know, I I, uh, I have a, a news background, you know, so um, I've been working, excuse me, working in television news for almost 20 years. So, uh, I'm sorry, James. No worries. But, uh, so I'm being trained to tell stories and and knowing what a good story is, and uh, also, too, that I wrote for uh, websites of boxing and MMA, and, you know, you get excited about certain stories, and that's what happened with this, that I got real excited for this story when it came around. So, you know, just to answer your question, um, it was a chance meeting for me to to uh, to start talking to him, and uh, I wrote an article for my my website. But when when uh, we got done with that, there was a lot left on the table, and I just said, "Look, you know, um, you have a great story. It's very very interesting, and uh, you know, you you know, I'm really surprised that." Nobody's ever approached you about a book, and uh, he, you know, he didn't really have much to say. He did. I guess he kind of felt like. Uh, I guess he'd really understand why I was so interested in, in the story. But mm-hmm. then finally, uh, I said, "Look, uh, I thought we were about to part ways," and I just said. Uh, just consider it, you know, because you really do have a good story. And then he said, okay, write the book. 
Nice. So yeah, I agree with you. It's one of those ones where basically it started off as just a short piece you were going to do. And then like you said, there's just such an interesting story. So, uh, so much detail, so many things that you think wrestling fans and just people that like interesting stories in general would want to know about, it sounds like. Oh, it's, it's, you know what people told me on, you know, through the internet and on Facebook messages and whatnot, that this is the, the best untold story in wrestling. And I, and I believe it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, amazing and interesting wrestlers in the business, but right now, you know, uh, I mean, if, if you're going to say, Hey, you know. Who would you want, you know, who, you know, if you were one and done on a book, who would you want to write about? I'd write about this guy. <laughs> Definitely. I know what you mean. And the great thing about him is he's one of those ones that, like you said, it was kind of, there's a lot of mystery behind it. There's a lot of intrigue into the story. So it's not just, you know, a lot of the other wrestlers where we pretty much know what happened and already know the story. His story is uh, very unique, it sounds like. Yeah, it, it is, and, and and what's funny is, is there's a lot of misconceptions on the internet about him, you know, uh, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, that he was a professional wrestler before Fritz got his hands on him, you know, a lot of people think that he left world-class wrestling uh, in retaliation to go wrestle for Wild Wild West, um, you know, there's just all these different things out there, um, you know, um, and it's just, there, there's a lot of misconceptions, and some of that stuff is, is, is close to the truth, but it's, but it's not accurate, you know, a lot of people, I'll give you just a couple examples, you know, like if you go on a, a Sportatorium World Class or a Lon Eric you post a picture or a Facebook group page and you post a picture of Lance Von Erich, uh, people are going to come out and say, not a real Von Erich, you know, and they'll say, Ricky Von, and they'll say, um, uh, imposter, or they'll say all these different things. Um, and, you know, he wasn't Ricky Von until Fritz sent him up to Portland. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So he was, uh, he wrestled as uh, Ricky Vaughn in Portland, but Don Owen gave him that name, Ricky Vaughn. And, and he went to have gone to Don Owen's promotion, had Fritz not sent him up there to train. So they discovered him in the, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Speaking of that, uh, that was one of the things I thought was interesting uh, with that original name. Um, wh where did it come from? What you know was the story behind that? Because I mean, obviously the the last name I get, but what's what's the Ricky part? Yeah, it's, that's a good question. <laughs> he went up there. Uh, he goes up there to Portland. Uh, he meets Don for the first time. And then uh, this story is in the book, and uh, Don says, uh, take off your shirt, and I want to get a good look at you. Of course, he was a uh, bodybuilder and a weightlifter, so he had quite the physique. That was one of the things that the, uh, you know caught the eye of uh, David Manning, 
who worked for Fritz von Erich. He was uh, Fritz's right-hand man and uh, went up there. And, uh, of course, his name was Kevin Vaughn. And uh, he said, uh, um, you will be Ricky Vaughn. And he asks, uh, can we go by Rick? And he says, nope, it's Ricky. Hmm. Interesting. So that was just the name that uh, he put him on. You know, he used his last name, and I don't know if he just pulled it out of his head right then and there on the spot, but, yeah, it was just given to him by Don. And probably there's no relation to the major league character, uh, the the one by uh, played by Charlie Sheen, because his character was uh, Rick Vaughn. And it made me think of that when I saw the name. Well, when you, yeah, if you Google Ricky Vaughn, the, the baseball player comes up. The, the, the Charlie Sheen character. So, and, and I can't tell you what year that movie came out or whatever, but he was up in Portland uh, the latter part of 84, the early part of 85. So... Whenever that movie, I don't know when that movie came out. It came out after his character, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, so it wouldn't have been he was named after them. They would have named him after him. Uh, Because I want to say the movie was like early 90s. I want to say late 80s, early 90s. So that, yeah, he would have been wrestling prior to that. So what was the writing process like? Well... Um, I started, I guess we started talking on a regular basis, maybe about once a week, and, um, I would interview him, talk to him, here's, here was the problem, there was, uh, you know, now, it's 35 years, you know what I mean, so he, you know, there are some things that, that he just, couldn't remember, you know, and 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 a lot of the guys were like that too. David Manning was like that too, you know. Where was like, hey, well, somebody said it was this, and you said it was this. What is it? And David Manning would say, "Don't know." <laughs> if if he if he's you know says it's that, and I say it's that, then I I can't tell you what it is. So you got to remember. I mean, it's been thirty five years. And I love in and for Lance's case, he was well removed from the wrestling, you know. Um, especially world class. There was other things that he remembered. Um, you know, he says that world class wasn't a really good time for him, so he just really really didn't want to remember a lot remember a lot of that stuff. But we would talk on, on a weekly basis. I would uh probably uh talk to him for about 45 minutes or an hour, depending on our time. And then, um, you know, I would uh, try and record it, transcribe it. And I probably didn't write for the first nine months. And here's what's so funny about this, James, is when we first started talking, you know, I was like, you know, I wrote this outline of what the book was going to look like, you know, like, Chapter one will be this, and chapter two will be this, and three this, and four whatever, you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that, you know, if you pick up that outline, um, that book hasn't even been written. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's totally different than what I thought it was going to be. I know what so, you mean. Yeah. You have yeah, it's... It, go ahead. I was going to say, you have something in mind, and just you find out such new and interesting information that it changes things up dramatically. Yeah, and he was kind of like, look, it's between this period and that period. And it just kept on falling back into that period. And then, and you know, and then I would finally get to this point where, like I said, I didn't write for about first nine months because I had all this stuff and I really didn't know how to... I mean, where am I going to start with this? And how do I start with this? And, you know, I guess I I started banging out, I guess, the first three chapters, and I maybe scratched those or went back. I mean, you're talking about a lot of rewrites. And this past year was, was really, um, you know, where I kind of put the, uh, the you know, the heat on, on, on myself, the pressure, I guess you say, to, to kind of get it done. Uh, because, uh, you know, in all, I've been working on the book for a little over three years. So, um, but the first nine months or maybe year or so, I didn't write. And then, um, and then finally the, uh, I guess like the, the layout started coming to me. And even down there in the end, like I was like moving chapters around or, or even kind of like, um, uh, moving paragraphs to other chapters that fit. And I, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll say this, I think, or I feel, you know, yes, the book does follow some kind of chronological order now, but, but you could pick up the book and read one chapter and uh, then pick up another uh, chapter, and they almost read like short stories. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, where it doesn't have to, you don't have to end this and this and this. You can, like you said, you can read any part of the book, and it's entertaining throughout. Right, right, and it's kind of like, you know, it's a story of this. They all kind of lead, they they do connect and link to each other, you know, or then, you know, there's some things that are brought up in other chapters that you've already been visited to. But, yeah, I mean, it. they, they read almost like short stories. And the people that have uh, read the book were who people that were helping me edit or proofread or give me feedback. Um, they all they all felt like the, the book read easy and that they uh, they were, you know, that it kept them interested and, you know, they, they got through it, you know, you with ease. Mm-hmm. You mentioned he had been a bodybuilder. What, uh, what sports did he play growing up? Um, he, that was really his, his really first major sport. I mean, he played with the kids in the neighborhood and stuff like that. He was, he, uh, he was a, he was a chubby kid. I'll say this, and he was, he was, uh, and his mom was real strict with his diet. I, I won't, and I won't go too much into that because I think readers are going to be really uh, surprised of how he got into weightlifting and bodybuilding. He played all kinds of, you know, I mean, he he was active with his friends. They liked playing in the street, you know, street ball and stuff. But he loved riding his bike. And, you know, he, and when you read the book, you'll find out, you know, he was an extremist. 
you know, and he talks about that. Um, he, he, he said that, uh, you know, he told me that he rode his bike sometimes so far from the house that, you know, he would have to call his mom and say, you know, I can't ride back. Oh, wow. You have to come, you have to come get me, you know? And, uh, there's an interesting chapter about him riding his bike, uh, him and his friends, um, in Africa. They uh, actually ride across the country of uh, uh, Zimbabwe, or Zambezi, or Zambia, I'm sorry. Yeah, they ride their bikes across Zambia. So, you know, uh, those are the kind of stories that are in it. If you, if, if you read the book, or if you, you're interested in the book, or if you're one of these people who, well, it's Lance Von Erich and he's not a real Von Erich. Yeah, it is a book about Lance Von Erich. But, you know, also, too, you know, you got about 18 chapters that cover the world class territory. You know, it's just, it's, it's not a book about Lance's life, you know. Oh, I did ceramics and I was in the drama club and all this. No, it pretty much starts off where he's discovered by uh, David Manning, you know. He does talk about how he got into, like I said, he was a chubby kid, you know, and his mom was strict with his diet. And he, um, we talk about how he got involved in, in weightlifting. We talk about some of the people that he weightlifted with. He, he uh, came in counter with some famous power lifters, and he uh, started running around with them. He got into bodybuilding. And, uh, you know, so that was one of the things that, again, like I said earlier, attracted, uh, you know, that caught the attention of David Manning. So, you know, what I'm trying to say also, too, is, you know, got to remember, a lot of stuff happened between 1982 and 1987 in the world class. You know, and and the story, talk, the book starts off, you know, talking about the Freebird and the Von Erich feud. You know, the, the book covers the death of David Von Erich. Had David Von Erich died, we might not be sitting here talking about Lance today. Because you got to understand back then that when I say that the, the Von Erich boys were rock stars, these these kids were the uh, the Beatles of guys. wrestling. Yeah, they were the Beatles of wrestling, and you know Fritz was making hand over fist with these kids, and so you needed a Von Erich on the card, and you got to remember David passed away. Mike just started wrestling. In, in 83, November of 83. David passed away in 84, February of 84. And then they, uh, and then they discovered Lance at, I guess, the end of the summer. Well, they had to, they had to wait a while, uh, for, for Lance to get ready, right? Because he wasn't a wrestler. And that's why they sent him up to Portland. But in the meantime, Mike came down with that toxic shock syndrome. In '85, and then they had to bring Lance in. You know, they they had they were grooming him and preparing him, but you know, at that time they needed him really bad because now you're down to two Von Erichs, and you needed a Von Erich. 
every on every show. They were running two shows a night. So I'm going to throw my random conspiracy theory out there. So uh, because they always uh, said that Carrie was uh, who replaced the Ultimate Warrior when he allegedly had died years ago. Even though obviously he didn't pass away years ago, he passed away recently. My conspiracy theory is that Lance was the second Ultimate Warrior. The second Ultimate Warrior? Oh, you know how they always say that uh, the Ultimate Warrior, when he came back after um, after taking some time off and he wasn't as muscular, They always there, there are a lot of people that oh. yeah, said that, oh no, that's not the same guy, and it was... It was clearly the same guy, but he just wasn't as in as muscular because he hadn't been working or training as hard. Well, anyway, there was always a theory that someone had replaced him, and so. Oh. Yeah, I don't sincerely mean it. I was just joshing about that. But yeah, I. Hey, well, don't muddy the water any muddier than it already is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, what? No, but you know what? There is a. You know what? Him and uh, Jim Helwig were friends. You know, he wrestled in Dallas as a Dingo Warrior in in '87. You know, mm-hmm. um, Gary Hart, I think, put the name on him, um, and uh, he he was impressive. You know, uh, you know, he started with Sting mm-hmm. um, in the Mid South area. There, those dudes were like bodybuilders too. Bodybuilders are powerlifters or whatever they were, they were massive. Exactly. I remember when they hit the scene, they were just, I mean, they, they were like those guys, kind of like the road warriors, where you saw them, where you almost couldn't believe what you were looking at, right? Oh, well, definitely. Yeah, and, and, and see, those were the guys that Lance got along with. He got a, you know, he, he ran around with guys like Jim Helwig. He ran around with guys like Billy Jack and, you know, all those guys were physiques and had physiques and had big bodies. And, you know, they, they just kind of birds of a feather, you know, flock together, you know. And uh, there's a there's a really a funny story that he shares with uh, Jim Helwig. And, um, you know, they, they held the tag team titles uh, together and uh, in in Dallas, I think for a brief time, they uh, they they wrestled up against Buzz Sawyer and and uh, Matt Bourne there for uh, for a little while. That they, they had kind of like a little feud going, and uh, and then uh, him and Jim Hellwick uh, had like a same agent where they did some uh, um, you know like meet and greets and stuff yeah, like that. I know what you mean. So yeah. They, yeah, and they traveled together, so they were friends. Nice. Um, obviously, he continued to wrestle on post uh, Vaughn. Uh, did uh, you know? I mean, pretty much he traveled throughout what the whole world. It seemed like. Um, would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you know, after his his time ended in the world class. And that is always, that, that was always, uh, he always questions why, you know, Fritz did what he did. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Fritz came out on TV and said that, 
can't speak for Fritz. We, you know, and even even to this day, Lance doesn't even know. And he he talks about you know still the being baffled by the way things were handled. But you know, Lance totally admits that he didn't handle things well. There was no there 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 came no communication. The, you know, he was basically you know he ended up getting injured and uh, wanted to take some time off for his uh, injury to heal, and nobody contacted each other. And, and I think with the more time that he w- he had off, he started feeling better and uh, kind of liking the fact that he wasn't working two times a night. And then before you know it, uh, more time got in between that, and then Fritz went on TV. But there was never a... You know, a holdout. You know, I guess you could say he he went AOL, right? Uh-huh. Uh, AWOL. Yep. What are, what are AOL? <laughs> yeah, he went American Online, but he went <laughs> he went AWOL. Yeah, yep. I guess you could say that. And uh, so Fritz did what he did. You know, which was really interesting for a promoter to break kayfabe uh, back then. Exactly. And you got to remember. Yeah, and, and if you go back to games, to, what, a year or two prior, Eddie Mansfield broke kayfabe on 2020. Yep. Remember? Yep, I remember that, yep. Oh, okay, so, um, and there's a story of Eddie Mansfield. Lance meets Eddie, Eddie Mansfield, and, uh, you know, and he, though he never wrestled with Eddie, he knew of Eddie. And I think everybody in the business knew of Eddie. And that was because of that. And he said there was a lot of people that were very uh, pissed off. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I was going to say, back then, uh, KFAB was taken serious as opposed to nowadays where it's unfortunately become a joke. It's... I... I liked it how it was back then, uh, but that's just my personal preference. Yeah, there's something about the, uh, I guess the, what the image of disbelief, or you know, just the, the kind of the the idea of, you know, I don't know. It is. I like the circus. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you don't always have to see behind the curtain. Sometimes not you seeing don't have to. makes it better. Right, right. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the book. Yes, and, uh, of that, is the book already out, or are we waiting for it to come out? Uh, we're waiting for it to come out. It will, it will be ready to ship out November sixteenth. Nice. So, in other words, this would make a great Christmas present. Absolutely. And if you order now, if you pre-order now. You can uh, you can save on shipping. So you know you want to save four dollars on shipping. You can put your order in uh, as long as it's in by November. Uh, you know by midnight November fifteenth because that's when the the sale goes off. And so uh, I'm hoping uh, people will take advantage of that. But you know I I I'd like to go back to the book for for a moment if I could. Sure. Um. You know, it it starts off, you know, with him being discovered and talks about how 
he started working out and whatnot. But we immediately go into like how he was, you know, how he was discovered. But but we also paint a picture of what the atmosphere of the wrestling was in and in, in, in that era was, and what you know how special David Von Erich was. You know, when David Von Erich died, you know, there's 3,500 people that went to his funeral. And these were these were young men that that you know you said they were the Beatles. I'll give you a story. I was at Six Flags one time, and it was a hot day, and we were waiting in line forever, right, all day long. And we were in the middle of the line, probably been in there for about an hour, and then all of a sudden, everybody in front of us just left, and we shot up to the front of the line. And my dad was like. Hey, what what just happened? What, what's just going on? And or what happened? They're like, oh, the Von Erics are over there. Huh. We we had just moved there, uh-huh. so we didn't know we didn't know really who they were at that time. But we we soon found out. And you know, the Von Erics. You know, when I when I say that, you know, um, the Von Erics were a were a household name to the non wrestling fan. You know, and when they had tragedy, everybody experienced the tragedy. You know, hey, what's wrong? Why are you? What do you mean, what's wrong? Did you hear David died? What do you mean, what's wrong? Did you hear Mike died? You know, Jerry had an accident. You know, I mean, we felt that stuff. You would think that stuff was happening to our family member, and that's how over these guys were. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, people, you know, there's popular wrestlers throughout the United States, but golly, man, even Lance says it. I saw popular wrestlers in in Portland, but he did nothing, nothing like what I walked into with the Von Erics. Exactly. I mean, with being down there in Texas, it just uh, was a different atmosphere, a different culture. And, I mean, just uh, the dedication level, the passion of the fans, and then, like you said, I mean, just how over they were and the amount of talent that they had, it just, I mean, it all came together in one huge storm of uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, and and not only the Von Erichs, you know, the chemistry at the time down there, you know, yeah, you know, the Jimmy Garvin came in. And Jimmy Car- Jim Garvin, uh, who, who I think is very underrated, uh, was in a in a in a uh, angle with David, and then David died, and they put Jimmy Garvin in an angle with Chris Adams, and that thing took off. And you had Iceman King Parsons in a feud with uh, Buddy Roberts, and you had um, you know John Tatum came in, and you know you had Sunshine against Precious, and yeah, you, you, you had. Devastation Incorporated. You know, you had all these people. You had all these characters. And and that's what I want people to know about this book is, like, when you read the book, when you, when you read, there's a, there's a chapter on Billy Jack Haynes. There's a chapter, and, and it's called Billy Jack Haynes. There's a chapter on Steve Simpson. There's a chapter on Ric Flair. There's a chapter on Kerry Von Erich, Mike Von Erich. Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez, you know, and, and those chapters have their name on it. 
And so I don't want people to think that, oh, it's a book about Lance Von Eric. You know, you know, this is his perspective. You know, he talks about the the death of Kino Hernandez and what was going on. You know, he talks about being at the sportatorium the day after Mike Von Eric's body was found and, and people crying in the in the audience, you know. He talks about, you know, going to the hospital and, and seeing Carrie, you know, with his his leg all bandaged up. And uh, they talk about how, um, you know, it's talked in the book of how they kept the amputation. They didn't amputate his foot right away. You know, they, they saved it. Fritz wanted the, the doctors to save it. But it got to the point where he was trying to return too early. And when he did, uh, you know, uh, David Maney says that his leg snapped again, had to go back to the hospital. And when they went in the hospital, uh, there was probably like 11 people. It's in the book. And they there's like 11 people in the operating room. And they all had to swear to secrecy that they'd never tell the story. Oh, wow. And that was one of the reasons why they kept it a uh, secret for so long. But Carrie, you know, uh, when they would go to some of these uh, places like, uh, you know, uh, St. Martin or Puerto Rico or wherever, these, these other places, these beachy places, right? They started doing like the Virgin Islands down there at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, they, uh, St. Martin and all that, well, he wouldn't always wear pants. You know, he would always wear, like, something to cover up his leg, and word got out that he had a prosthesis. So, you know, um, though he didn't want anybody to know that he had it, he didn't do everything he could to hide it. But he didn't really want to talk about it. And, and David, David Manning had uh, shared, you know, with us that, you know, had he done that, he probably would have inspired a lot of people who had prostheses, you know, to... Exactly. To feel more comfortable. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And and here's the thing about Harry. Um, Harry was one of those guys that, you know... He could make you feel good about yourself. He was one of those guys that, you know, you might not be the strongest kid on the, you know, on the wrestling team or whatever, but after you got done talking to him, you were. Exactly. He was very, very motivational, very inspiring, and just very uh, great to be around, it sounds like. Yeah, and, and, and Lance liked him a lot. Lance liked him a lot. Of all the brothers, he got along really well with Carrie. You know, he talks about how, how Kevin was, a, a, you know, a little bit like Fritz. You know, just not, not real easy to get along with. But, you know, he had more of a working relationship with Kevin and Mike. Mm-hmm. But, with, but with Carrie, they were close. They, they were they were friends and and you know he has a lot of fond memories of Carrie and he liked Carrie he liked being around Carrie Carrie was 
easygoing, fun to be around, um, just an easy, easygoing guy. Excellent. So it sounds like the book has a wide variety of things, like you said. I mean, shoot, if you want to know the true story about uh, Lance Vaughn, obviously you're going to get that in this book, but also you're going to get, like you said, uh, Lance's perspective on a lot of other great legends and a lot of that time period of wrestling when wrestling was at its peak. Absolutely. And then after he leaves World Class, you know, there's, there's about six other chapters in the book that talk about what happened with his life afterwards in South Africa, across overseas, you know? And I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised about what they read in that, you know? So, you know, it's it's going to, I think it's going to be a fun read for any wrestling fan. You're right, it's just out in time for Christmas. And uh, I think it's going to clear up a lot of misconceptions. So before we let you go, where on social media, where on the web, where can we find out more about uh, the book? All right. If you want to uh, get some a little more information about the book and order it, go to www.lancebychance.com. You can go there. That's www.lancebychance.com. All right, there's a little bio. You get to see all the, the chapters. All the chapters are listed there, like in bullet points. And um, then you can, uh, like I said, order the book there. There is a Lance Von Eric group page that, like a fan fan page. Uh, actually, in a couple of weeks, we've 200 people already joined. You're more than welcome. We, we put information on there. We tell you what podcast we're going to be on there. We uh, give information about the book. Um, and so, you know, people can follow. People share their pictures of Lance on there. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been a place where, you know, there ha- there's never been a Lance Von Eric Facebook page. You can find a ton of Lance Von Eric and world-class pages, but no Lance. And now there is one. So there are a lot of like-minded people, people who do like Lance. And you can, you know, go there, and, and we have information on the book. And if you want to find me on Facebook, you can uh, look up Vincent Berry. And also, too, I have another website called Russellville.com, and that's where we write stories, bios on, on professional wrestlers, independent wrestlers, and veteran wrestlers, and that's called Russellville.com. But to get the book, you can also order the book there, but LanceByChance.com, if you click on the link at Russellville, you'll go to LanceByChance.com and get the book. Sounds great. Thank you for joining us tonight, Vinny. Hey, thank you very much for having me, and uh, I can't wait for you to read the book as well. I look forward to it. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful, because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. 
Haverty's Furniture is here to help you get your home all set for the new year so you can set the stage with more style, set the bar more beautifully, and set a more show-stopping table. Let's set some time aside to settle in on a new sofa together because being at home shouldn't mean having to settle for less. And Haverty's Furniture can help you start the new year off right at their holiday savings event so you can create the perfect setting. And right now, everything's on sale store-wide. 